0: In Southeast AgNet's Ag and Review, for the week ending February the 26th, a national media call took place this week with Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack and Farm Bureau President Zippy Duval discussing the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Secretary Vilsack said no country will receive more benefits from TPP than the U.S.
1: And it indeed will lead to more manufacturing jobs, and it will lead to expanded agricultural activity. We have a series of advisory groups here at USDA that provide us advice on trade, and each of the advisory groups dedicated to agriculture uh, indicated potential benefit to agriculture. Until today, uh, we didn't have a specific documented review or study of that benefit, but thanks to the American Farm Bureau, uh, we are prepared today to find out from the Farm Bureau its analysis of the importance of opening up markets for U.S. products in this Asian market. TPP will reduce 18,000 tariffs or taxes on goods and services provided by American companies and American farmers and ranchers. Many of those tariffs that are going to be eliminated or reduced are in or for agricultural products. Across the board, we see benefits to livestock and dairy. Uh, We see the impact and effect on our grain and feed industry. Fruits and vegetables have benefited from expanded trade, as has processed products as well.
0: Farm Bureau released an economic analysis estimating the trade back will boost annual net farm income in the U.S. by $4.4 billion. Duvall said they are very encouraged by what they are finding in the agreement.
1: We know that it's important to our agricultural community and farmers, and ranchers across this country to be able to open up those markets and let them have access to those markets, and those markets are growing, so we know these numbers are going to grow over the the time to come. But we're expecting to see a $5.3 billion increase in agricultural exports, and that means $4.4 billion in the pockets of our farmers across the country. The
0: report forecasts farm price increases for corn of $0.05 cents per bushel, a $0.12 cent per bushel increase for soybeans, $0.02 cents per bushel increase for wheat, and a $0.16 cent per hundredweight increase for rice. Cotton prices are not expected to change. However, cash receipts are projected to rise by $21 million. AFBF also predicts price increases for beef at $2.66 per hundredweight, a $2.45 increase for pork, and a $1.45 increase for poultry. Dairy products would also increase, including milk, rising 21 cents per hundredweight. The agreement has been approved by negotiators from the 12 TPP nations. The U.S. International Trade Commission is preparing a formal analysis for the administration, which will formally ask Congress to ratify the deal. Well, in other news, Chase DeCoy, Associate Director of Beef Quality Assurance for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, hopes producers understand why it's important in today's world to be BQA certified
2: really the basis of our industry and gives us the tools to share the story of the beef producer BQA sits at the crossroads of producers and consumers in the sense that it is a cattle management program and best practices for production that producers can use to benefit themselves and their operations in an economic sense and in a sense of just doing what's right but at the same time it allows us to share that positive story and and all that our producers do to those consumers that are in increasingly interested in how their food is produced.
0: And Dacoit says for those of you who are not certified, now's a great time to take advantage of the free online certification.
2: Thanks to Boehringer Ingelheim sponsoring our free certification period. If you go online right now to bqa.org, you can sign up to go through BQA certification and training before April 15th.
0: Get BQA certified as it's an easy way to show you care. Visit bqa.org to get started. Funded by the Beef Checkoff. Tyron Spearman has an update concerning the availability of peanut seed this year.
2: At the National Peanut Buying Point Association annual meeting, Billy Skaggs of the Seed Certification Program in Georgia gave an update on seed availability for peanut farmers this coming season. The chart showed that in acreage, they were up 6,800 acres over last year to 138,000 acres of peanut seed. That is uh, 3,773 acres were either rejected or removed from the certification program. Rejection is usually due to isolated issues. Most acres are removed from the program were dryland peanuts. They said all 52 certified buying points were inspected. The shell and treating plant inspections are underway right now. 2016 supplies of foundation registered and certified Georgia 06G are up over last year. Supplies with some minor varieties are down from last year. To give an example, Georgia 06G, about 95% of the peanuts in Georgia, Florida, and Alabama are planted in this Georgia 06G. It went from 108,000 acres of seed to 122,000 acres of seed. Another one is the Florida 07. Florida 07 had last year 4,762 acres. They're down to 442. Another prominent one is Tifgard. Uh, from six thousand to four thousand acres. I'm Tyron Spearman for Southeast AgNet.
0: Kathy Isom tells us about pistachios.
3: Friday, February twenty-sixth is World Pistachio Day. The pistachio nut, a member of the cashew family, comes from a small tree originating from Central Asia and the Middle East. A pistachio tree produces about 120 pounds of nuts every two years or so, or about 50,000 nuts. The word pistachio originates from a mix of Persian and Latin. Pistachios can be traced back to as early as the 6th century. Today's top pistachio manufacturing companies around the world include the U.S., Turkey, and China. In the U.S., pistachios are cultivated mostly in California and New Mexico. A typical one-ounce serving of pistachios contains just 160 calories. Pistachios also are said to have more antioxidants than a serving of green tea. So whether you eat them whole, roasted, salted, or mixed in ice cream, this is a day for pistachio lovers around the world to celebrate. I'm Kathy Isom, Southeast AgNet. And to
0: wrap up this week's podcast, Ever Grainer talks about marijuana.
4: Few people doubt that marijuana will become legal in some form in every state before it's over. We already grow more pot than any other crop when you factor in legal and illegal marijuana. But what we're finding out now is that it's having an adverse impact on wild creatures and plants that grow wild in our forests. Most of this study has been done in California, where the fisher, that's a cat-sized member of the weasel family, has already been found dead from a substance like rat poison produced by the pot plant. I believe this is one of the plants which is legal to be grown there, but yet we know that the plant is used to produce medicine that saves human lives. So what's the answer? The answer is it will continue to be grown legally and illegally. And not just in California. And that's Ag Review for today. Everett Griner, Southeast Agnet.
0: Those reports and more from this past week can be found on our website, southeastagnet.com. Randall Wiseman, Southeast Agnet.